0: Today's podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. Hop on over to paypal.com, look up JoelBnew at gmail.com, and help Something New afford things like hiring an accompanist, booking studio time, an upgrade in recording equipment, and more. Any and all contributions go toward these production costs and are supremely appreciated. Thank you. Also, brand new to this season of Something New, we have premium subscriptions As always, every episode of Something New comes to you for free via iTunes, Stitcher, etc. But if you give a little extra something, you get a little extra something. Uh, There are three different tiers to the premium subscription. For the gold subscription, you'll receive digital sheet music of all 15 songs that premiere this season in their original keys. And that's only $22.50. Which comes to about $1.50 a song. Or exactly $1.50 a song. Platinum subscriptions... For $45 or $3 a song, you'll receive the digital sheet music plus an MP3 piano track for each song, so you can release your rendition of that song out into the world. And for Diamond subscriptions, which are $75 or just $5 a song, you'll receive all of that plus a one-time transposition of each song plus audition arrangements. This, in my humble opinion, is a perfect investment for voice teachers, burgeoning musical theater writers, and Broadway musical nerds such as myself. It is the holiday season, and uh, why not make it a holiday gift? Okay, awesome. And now to the show! Are you working on something new? Welcome, and thank you for joining Something New, a musical theater podcast. I'm your host, Joel B. New. I'm here at the terrific Michigo Studios in New York with an exceedingly talented and new friend of mine. We're going to chat a bit and then record a song from one of my latest projects, which will premiere right here for your listening pleasure. Called Electrifying by the Huffington Post and Spectacular by the New York Times, today's guest artist is a multi-hyphenate actress, composer, singer, writer, teacher on the rise. In addition to performing in off-Broadway hits like Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812 and Bed Bugs... She also makes time for her acclaimed original music, both as a solo artist and with her band. Manhattan User's Guide writes, This pop and jazz singer writes seriously infectious melodies with seriously antic lyrics. Her voice can raise the roof, or she can slide off a note and break your heart. In 2015, she will be performing in the world premiere of the Michael Mayer-helmed musical Brooklynite at the Vineyard Theater, and her band will open the Lincoln Center American Songbook Series with a free concert on January 21st. Obviously, I am talking about Grace McLean. Grace McLean,
1: thanks for being on my show. Thank you. I've never heard my bio read back to me before. <laughs> what is it like?
0: like-
2: <laughs> it's what it was like Did I structure that right? Did I use the right words? And also, like, Oh, I'm pretty cool. You are really cool.
0: <laughs> <laughs> In case you didn't oh know. Oh my God. Well, I'm so glad you're on the show. Me too.
2: Thank you for reaching out to me. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of people are, it's their first time hearing their bio read to them as well. And it's just, <laughs> yeah. I hear it's a very out of body experience. It's a little weird. Yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> you should have it done sometime.
0: I I hope so one day.
2: Yeah, someone's gonna interview you on your podcast.
0: Oh God, no, God forbid.
2: Turn the tables. They
0: they hear plenty of me talking. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need more. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. Yeah,
2: I'm good. Yeah.
0: You look great. Thank you. You sounded great. Thank you. Yeah. I dressed
2: well. I put my makeup. I put my face on for you.
0: <gasps> Thank you. Yeah.
2: So well. you can see that I like I look cute. But I also, I did dress specifically. I was like, I want to be comfortable today, but yeah. I love this shirt and I want to show it off.
0: It's an adorable shirt. She's wearing a Jurassic Park themed shirt. Yeah. That's pretty adorable. It's one of
2: the first gifts my boyfriend ever got for me. Aww. And early, it was early on and I was like, oh God, this guy's going to tie me down. <laughs> Give me Jurassic Park gifts. Ugh.
0: You just Gross.
2: knew. Now he was, knew. He knew. Chasing me down.
0: Buying you gifts. Yeah. Poor Making thing. me think
2: he made me a Walt Whitman finger puppet. What? On one of our, like, our second or third date. I was like, he is into this. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> He's into you. Oh, yeah. It's so cute. Yeah,
0: it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of gross, your talent is, is gross. How do you like that first segue? Very nice. Yeah, thank you. Um, not my first interview. So so I I was trying to think back of when I had first heard about Grace McLean, and um, and in my head I thusly... Decided that we had met And that we were already friends <laughs> I had this whole fantasy And so when I reached out to her I'm like, hey Grace, what's up? And, um, and she was very nice enough to write me back But um, but I first I, I first met and heard the amazingness That is Grace McLean A few years ago at John's Nadarzyk's Broadway's Future Songbook Series Over at Lincoln Center And you were singing someone else's work Yeah, I did one with Anna
2: Jacobs And I did one yes. with Sam Salman
0: I was at the Anna Jacobs one Great Yeah
2: Yes. Lovely yeah. people. They, they are lovely people. Yeah. I yeah. love singing her work. She's very intelligent writer. Yes,
0: she is. We are very lucky to have her. Yeah. So, but before before I met you, or didn't meet you, where did you come from? Like, <laughs> what's your story? Mm, like like, broad question. I, I like to begin broad.
2: Uh, Well, I grew up in, in Southern California. Yep, yeah, yeah. La la la. I've been here for 12 years. I came here for school and went to NYU.
0: Terrific. Me too. Um
2: Oh, you did? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I, I went to the graduate musical theater writing program. Oh, right. Yeah, I was a year oh. right after Fred. And beautiful. Yeah. Great. Good people. Very good people.
2: So you know Daniel Monte I do. Just I saw that. I, I know. I Just picked up his bike from him to give to my boyfriend. I rode it all the way back. Are you serious? From his place to my place in Queens today. Ugh.
0: <sighs> He's like doing a series of farewell. Farewell. They concerts. just
2: ended. They did wow. three in a week, and he leaves. He's so crazy. He did three concerts, all different material, all different performers and musicians every night. Crazy man. That is and crazy. And he leaves on two days. <laughs> like that is not. insane. He's
0: Chicago, right? Or San Francisco. San, Francisco. San Francisco? There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, good luck to him. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so you're from oh, the yeah. west. Oh so I'm,
2: I'm from the west, but I've lived almost half my life in New York at this point, which is my mother pointed out to me. That's Crazy. That is crazy. Um, but yeah, I went to NYU for acting and singing and all that stuff. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, and then when I graduated I was like, I can't make money doing this, I gotta do something else. And I, I didn't perform for a couple of years I went and I worked at Scholastic um, in arts administration. Uh, wow. and that was fine and nice yeah. and good and then I was like, I think that I'm sad so I'm to <laughs> this job and then slowly like got back into things and, um,
0: excellent and now you're just bigger and better than ever yeah I'm having I would say. fun yeah.
1: I'm, I'm, I made the right I can choice tell. I
0: think yeah like, whenever I've seen you perform which frankly has mostly been online um, like you look like you're having so much fun it's really <laughs> well, it's, it's really special thanks um, so as a musical theater performer I mean like I think because we've talked about Daniel and Anna and myself like you're you're kind of on the top of every writer I know's list of people that they want to wow, work with I would, cool. I'm just going to throw it out there because whenever I told anyone that I was going to have you on the show, everyone was like, "Oh, oh my god, god, I'm so jealous! Grace McLean is amazing." Um, no, it's it's true. That's so neat. Yeah, so you've got you've got a following, cool. I think, um, at least along among my nerdy writer friends. I'm but writer um, friends. me too. So, at what point did you know or decide that you were going to have such a presence in developing new work? Like, how did that happen? I
2: really enjoy working on other people's things, but I, honestly, I. I was going to stop thinking of myself as an actor at the end of 2012. I'm going to tell you right now because I hadn't really I wasn't really like trying to do things and I I um was thinking about going back to school cuz I, I teach as well. I teach voice lessons just privately, but I really like that a lot and I want to learn some more things about it and I'm not, I'm still not sure in what capacity i want to do that but anyway at the end of 2012 I was like you know what I'm going to do I'm going to stick this out for like another year and then I'm going to go back to school and then I got the, the, some people at, from Ars Nova asked me to audition for Natasha Beer and the Great Comet of 1812 and I was like that's so nice of them I like them a lot I'll go in but yeah. I'm not going to be a performer anymore I'll just, it's nice that I'm on their list yeah yeah and then the, I got cast in that and that literally changed my life and I did that for a year wow and I remembered how much I really liked performing, and that was a really special piece. Gorgeous um, score. Yeah, and um, I haven't stopped working since then, um, which is really nice. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, as I said, it, it just changed my my perspective on the city and what I was doing. And I do think that the, the moment of being like, you know what, F- it. Uh, allowed these things to come in to my life in like an organic way but outside of all of that what remains important to me is, is being able to create my own work and have my own voice and I think that I don't know as other people see that and want to use it in, in their work somehow yeah
0: no I I love what you do so much so I mean like you went to school for a musical theater oh uh-huh. um like like what sort of roles were you th- Thinking of yourself back then. Oh,
2: honestly, I tried to leave the musical theater school the first two weeks. Um I so I went to a musical theater uh high school when I was growing up. Okay. I went to this place called OSHA, the Orange County High School of the Arts. Um, Chris Rodriguez was in my class, Lindsay Mendez was a year above me. There are people in New York that like went to that school. Anyway, when I was there, I was a serious actress. I'm sorry singer I wasn't in any of the I didn't do any of the musicals I was in this thing called the experimental theater club we did weird theater I loved it and then it wasn't really until my junior year that I was like oh I I think that I like singing (laughs) (laughs) um but I still didn't do any of the musicals um there was um, this woman who came to do a master class with us, a jazz vocal master class. And my teacher at the time was like, Grace, you can go last if we have time for you. <laughs> so I was like, all right, fine. So I did go last, and it was the school ended at 5, and the bell had rang, and it was time to leave. And this woman who came, Carmen Bradford, she was like, well, I'm willing to stay if anybody wants to stay and work. I said, okay, sure. So I say and I sang my song and she was like, Oh, you say the best for last. And I was like, What are you talking about? <laughs> and so then she gave me her card and so I started taking private lessons with her in LA and um, that sort of triggered something in me. And so when I was auditioning for colleges, NYU was the only school and at the last minute I auditioned for the musical theater program. I thought I was gonna go and do some serious acting stuff. Wow. But the last minute I was like, you know what, I really like singing. I think I do it pretty well. I think I have a unique sound. Because that's the thing, at this high school, this musical theater high school, it's like, I don't sound like these people, so I'm not going to engage in their things because it's not something I'm interested in. Right. Um, And then I got into Cap 21, which was at NYU at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I got there, I was like, I I don't think this is the right place for me, (laughs) honestly. (laughs) Um, And I... I tried to leave. I tried to move, go to a different studio. I mean, I, th- I think this happened at the beginning of school for people, you know, you, I moved across the country. I was in this new environment mm-hmm. and I was freaking out. Um, and they were like, no, we can't change your studio. Cause at NYU in the undergraduate program, you, wherever they place you, you have to stay there for two years and then you can continue to stay there or you can audition for another studio. So ultimately I decided to stay and I'm really glad that I did actually, because yeah. I met a lot of wonderful people, um, the acting teachers that I had were fantastic. Um, dance was and is not a thing that I like to do. I'm not a bad dancer. No, no I
0: mean like you're in yoga pants. I mean like <laughs> this is
2: just for comfort. <laughs> though. Like, no, but um, you know, I, it's it's not uh, it's not my forte. And for I, I, again, I'm not a bad dancer, but I get weirdly frustrated with myself. I think I'm a bit better now. But at 18, I was like what is this body, and how I have to turn, how I can't balance, you know, it was just freaking me <laughs> out, um, and also, yeah, I remember one of my voice teachers was like, well, Grace, when you, when you're, um, when you make your own album, then you can sing, like, Peggy Lee or whoever you want to, but you've got to sing like this now, I don't know, they were just, wow. I didn't, I didn't yeah. really get along with the, with the voice staff there all the time, I really appreciated yeah. what they were doing, but it was, like, not a method that
0: yeah, like they were trying to put you in a box.
2: Yeah, and I really, really resisted that. Yeah. Um, but that's all right. We're just babies when we're in college at that age. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I went to this musical theater thing, and I was like, when I first got here, i got to get out of this. This is not for me. But really, all I do are weird new musicals. <laughs> I <know. laughs> and I really like it. Yeah. And that's the thing. If I were going to do a show without music, I don't know what I would do like I just have to say these words. You know, I mean I'd <laughs> like to I think that's the thing I'd like to do but I I don't know. I've gotten so comfortable with music and interpreting uh interpreting song in a particular way like I feel like I know how to own music.
0: I find that interesting cuz I think a lot of my favorite performers struggled in in college when <laughs> they were kind of told this is the way things are, and mm. this is the canon. Right. And very few people back then, I mean, like, you are 18, you're 19, and you're figuring out, you, you know, no one really is telling you at in academia that, you know, you can redefine what this means. And you right, can, exactly. Like, you know, there may not be a niche for you. Well, I guess that's your niche. Right, yeah, make your own thing. Make your own thing. Yes. I find that, you know, uh, all my guests are successful because they decided to start creating for themselves. Right, and um I think it was Mindy Kaling who said like the, the best part I ever got was the part I wrote for myself. Right. And um and I th- I think I think your career definitely speaks to that in a very positive way. I think so do you find your knowledge as a songstress a good mm-hmm. thing or a bad thing when you're in the room working on someone else's work?
2: Oh what do you mean by my knowledge as a songstress? What knowledge do you think I'm harboring? <laughs> <I think, laughs>
0: well, I think as someone who's a composer and an arranger. Oh, and you think
2: who's... far too highly of me as a musician. I'm not a good musician. No?
0: No. Talk composer?
2: To me. Okay, here's the thing. Because I was going to ask that, you, like, do you that read music?
0: Do you... I mean, oh, yeah. Do you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... I
2: read music, um, but I don't write it. If I need something charted out, I hire my bassist to chart it out for someone. Like, okay. this girl at... at some you uni- know, some she's in college somewhere like Oklahoma or something. Was like, I want to s- sing this song of yours that I haven't sang in years, but she found it on YouTube. What? And I don't have the music for it, so I had to get him to chart it up. But also, super cool that this girl reached out to I know. college. Oh my gosh. But anyway, yeah, I don't yeah. write it down when I'm making things up. I just have body memory. So when I'm working on my own things, it's it's not in a standard.
0: <laughs> I find that very impressive because I. Yeah, if I don't write it down, I don't remember it. Well,
2: got a lot of voice memos. That's what we do. I mean, and with the looping, too, it's really just about experimentation. And I have to Mm -hmm. record that because sometimes I'll come up with something and I won't remember how it went and I have to find out. So that's like a lot of series of recordings and trials and errors with that thing. When I'm in a room with people, no, they're smarter than me and I let them tell me what to do and then I'll make it my own. (laughs) But yeah, I'm not... uh,
0: but you're on the same page as them from the get go and then and then you you're allowed I feel like people surely must let you play knowing uh, what you do I mean
2: sure, or maybe i just maybe I just push them out of the way and play. I don't know I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if anyone has ever been like, there's some kind of a conversation that that can be had sometimes yeah. about.
0: Let's talk well, specific. Let's talk about um, Bed Bucks that you just did off-Broadway. Oh, yeah. Uh, book and Lyrics by Fred Sauter and Music by Paul Leshin.
2: That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so so what was that whole experience like? like when oh, were man. You, when were you wheeled into this creature?
2: Uh, well, it's been around for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, it, this did, last, it did Nymph a while back. It did Nymph in 2008, I think. Yeah. Um, and then they did, like, a sort of a workshop production a couple of years ago. And I just came on this last go round, so it was all new to me wow. this time. And they had, you know, all of the music had, I think they had cut and rearranged some things, but it was ready to go on their end. Yeah. I usually just, like, step in and do this. <laughs> <laughs> um wasn't, like, a collaborative kind of process at all. It was really, I mean, in our rehearsal period, was such that it was just about slapping it together, yeah. getting it up. Okay getting as comfortable as we could before (laughs) our few previews that we had. Oh, man. Woo! This is the hardest job I've ever had.
0: (laughs) Was bedbugs? Yes. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Because I've never helmed a show. Yeah. I'm usually like, I'll go over here and I'll be this person, but I don't have the weight of this thing on my shoulders. Yeah. I don't have to be, like, the emotional center of the show. Um, So not only was, uh, you know, the music was so fun. It, um, Paul is writing in this style. As I said, it's this 80s style. Um, maybe like a little early 90s, like not quite hip hop, but there's there was Some there fun. was a rap. Okay, I rapped a bit, and my my brother wow. Bert rapped a bit as well. <sighs> Super fun. Um,
0: I wouldn't take you as a rapper, a rapper. Huh? I wouldn't, like, mark you as a rapper. No, just... you shouldn't. You no. shouldn't mark me as a
2: rapper. <laughs> I'm not. But I'll do it if you need me to. It'll be weird. Um, but the, the the music was... Oh, yeah. So, Paul, he just, he's writing in the genre. He's never quite... He's never winking at it. He's just writing good 80s pop music. Great. So fun. Very listenable. Um, tunable. Toe-tapping. Uh... <laughs>
0: Accessible, as they say.
2: We'll take that. (laughs) Um, But it was challenging. It was really just like, well, why don't you just belt through this entire show for two hours? Okay, great. Go do that. Um, But then also feel a lot of things, and you're going to cry, okay? You're going to cry, and you're going to fall in love, and you're going to kill people that you love. And you're going to watch people that you love die. Go. So it's hard.
0: (laughs) It sounds sounds really, really hard. But
2: it was, yeah, so it was quite a challenge, but I'm, I'm glad to know that I... Can do it.
0: And before Bedbugs, you uh, we already mentioned Natasha and Pierre. How, how were you? Um, in, were you part of the development of that piece? No.
2: Again, that yeah. was at Ars Nova. Dave um, Malloy. Yeah, Dave Malloy. He, he did everything. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, wrote, orchestrated, and starred in Natasha Pierre, <laughs> is great, which is uh, based on a portion of War and Peace. He's an ambitious fellow. Uh, yes, he is. And he, he pulls it off. Which mm-hmm. is so good. Um, they developed that at Ars Nova, and it ran uh, at the end of 2012, and then...
0: It moved to that big tent. It, it moved to
2: that big tent. And Were you they, in the tent? Oh, yeah. <sighs> wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, most of the original cast moved with it, and then the girl who played my part, I think she had another job in Chicago, so then gotcha. they needed to replace her. And I saw it. I saw that production at Ars Nova on the last night, and I found... I was going through my phone, and I was deleting old like notes I'd left to myself, and mm-hmm. one of my notes was... See that War and Peace play at Ars Nova? That's <laughs> a like, big check off. Did it? Yeah, I saw it. But I w- I remember reading about it because it was getting such great reviews, and I um, had read War and Peace, and I I read it again while I while I was doing it. Sure. Um, and I like the Russians. I like Russian literature, um, and it just sounded really interesting. And I, I I went there on the last night to get in the standby line. I got there like a an hour early and I was nowhere near the front of the line. I was like, well, I'm not going to get into this thing. But I happened to know the first two people in line. They didn't know each other. Mm-hmm. And I think one of them was there by himself and the other girl, her plus one wasn't coming. So they were both like, well, you can be my plus one if we get in. And then the three of us got in and no one else did. Wow. So I got some stink eyes. I bet you did. Um, and I had an amazing Amazing time at that show and I went to meet my friends afterwards and they were talking they were just seen bring it on and I was like, You don't know We didn't stop <laughs> talking about this. I was also drunk on vodka because they just served. Oh vodka yeah, yeah, you just like constantly like, shooting, been, right? And then at, yeah, drinking vodka, crying, feeling things, stop it, let me tell you about this show. I couldn't stop talking about it.
0: And I then have you in it. it for a year.
2: Yeah. Such a That's cool incredible. Yeah.
0: Did you do it with Marianne Torres? Or- yeah. yeah! She uh, she's been on the podcast. Oh as- she has! Yeah. Oh my yeah. god! She's amazing. She is. She's amazing. Hi Marianne. I love Marianne.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we go to yoga together.
0: <sighs> she is such a yogi. I know. Yeah. Makes me happy. Um and then coming up in musical theater, and then I want to get to your singing, songwriting stuff. Sorry. Um so and then you've got Brooklynite. Right. Which is happening at the Vineyard. Yes. And um, that starts in late January. Yes, it does. When do you start rehearsals? Tomorrow. No. Yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah. So uh, this is written by Michael Mayer and Peter Lerman, yes. and Mayer is directing it. Right. And he directed, oh, I don't know, Spring Awakening, <laughs> um, Hedwig Inch. and the Angry Inch, which uh, is doing... It just, American, Idiot. Okay. American okay. Idiot. American Idiot. Can you talk to me a little bit about, I mean how that all came to be and what oh, it is. Oh, man.
2: Um, it's all, man, it really is all just people that you know and luck and all that stuff, man. Because I auditioned for the workshop of the Amelie musical mm-hmm. earlier this summer because a friend, my friend Sam Pinkleton was um, choreographing it. I think he put my name in the ring and that was the first time I had been in for this the casting office. Um, and as I was walking out of that audition, they were like, we have an audition for you tomorrow for Brooklyn night." Um, and that was just I went in that room it was really fun uh, I was in there for like five minutes I, I did a scene I sang a song and then I got the job like it was the fastest weirdest thing that had happened in like 24 hours that's insane <laughs> and so yeah then I did this workshop over the summer for Brooklyn for Brooklynite yeah um, we did a little reading and then they apparently the part that I'm playing um, her name is Blue Nixie she's a superhero who controls the water elements um Apparently, Blue Bluenix had been played by like a different person in every workshop for the past three years. Wow. And <laughs> I guess like I just was the lucky one who got the last slot, and they were like, ah, I just give her the job. So, <laughs> That's crazy. What's the score like? It's a pop rock. Oh, course. yeah. It's so great. Peter has written, a, again, a very uh, accessible, uh, fun, poppy score.
0: And on top of this really impressive new musical theater resume, you're just this killer singer-songwriter that I obsessed with.
2: Um,
0: can you talk to me about, like, how and why this side of you emerged? Like...
2: Oh, yeah.
0: Um... We talked earlier about, like, your journaling, and... Yeah,
2: and that's really what it has... It's just an extension of, like... It's just so personal. Um, and I do spend some time being, like, I don't know why people want to come like, just watch me talk about myself, but... <laughs> I mean... I do. I, I, I think that there is something... I, I like to, well, I guess people, you know, people say write what you know, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I know myself and I know boys. So that's what I write about. Um, and I let it get weird and quirky and nasty and vulnerable. And I just have fun. I'm just having fun. And I'm also sometimes working out problems in song. You know, like personal problems. Yes, okay, yes, yes.
0: Little does the audience know that it's really just a big... Expensive therapy session. Right. That they're paying for. Why not? Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> what all are your instruments? Mmm, that I
2: play or Yeah, that what I do you do? do? Yeah, yeah, what oh, are your. Well, really, I'm just sticking with this looper right now, basically. I, I mean, want to every... talk about this looper. Yeah, it's really fun. Every That's... once in a while, I'll plunk on a piano, but yeah. I, I I don't deserve a full 88 keys. I just don't know how to <laughs> do I'm trying to, I'm really, I'm trying to actually learn. Because I'd like to, I mean, no, I don't even know if it's for myself, but I want to learn how to play like Bach.
0: Okay. It'll just be fun. That sounds Why not like fun. Why not?
2: Um, I have a ukulele. I have a bass. I have a saxophone. I think I'm going to break out the sax again soon, actually. Awesome. Um, but I really just play my voice and
0: this looper. So talk to me about what this looper is.
2: Yeah, so I came to. Uh, I was introduced to the concept of looping um, by a playwright friend of mine, Tommy Smith, who lives in LA now. But he was working with Reggie Watts a, a bunch a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and um, showed me some videos of him. And I thought, well, that's so neat. I can sing in concert with myself and be like a one-man band, but I don't have to like play an instrument, and I don't cool. have to pay anybody. Exactly. Yeah. So I'd wa- I'd been wanting one for a while, and eventually, one year for my birthday two or three years ago. I just googled what kind of looper does Reggie Watts use? And then it was this <laughs> electro thing. So I went and I got one. Um, and I've been playing with it ever since and um, it's really fun. It's,
0: it looks like a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, it's really just an elaborate magic trick once you know how to do
0: it. You're writing a ton on it and presenting a, a, a lot, performing a lot with it mm-hmm. and you've got this cover series. Yeah. Yeah, talk to me about that.
2: Well, that was just a way to sort of force myself to continue to experiment with the looper and mm-hmm. to um yeah to push some boundaries and also to just have some regular content mm-hmm. to, to stay engaged with the yep. music
0: world so you're just pushing to you're you're giving you're pushing yourself to find an audience and you're pushing yourself yeah. to have deadlines exactly and That's I just want my listeners to be listening to this like this right. is this is such a common theme and I love it uh, that people just I needed to be creating and yeah. I needed and 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 that's what i did.
2: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I love it. And you know, some of them are more successful than others and and that's okay, but it's good to just be generating
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. work. What's your worst one? <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh golly, my worst one. I don't know. I think the um I I kind of like it, but I think maybe the weirdest is the Always Be My Baby cover, the Mariah Carey cover. I I did Ooh, that. it's super dark, isn't it? Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. I did that because I've, I work with this group called the Dance Cartel, sometimes they're a, they're a dance company, and they do put up these shows at the Ace Hotel called On the Floor, and it's like an, uh, an interactive dance party show. Cool. And there's one moment where there's a singer who comes and does something and that singer is me. Uh-huh. Um, and so, uh, Ani, the woman who who runs the group, had asked me to do something with that song, to do a dark interpretation of it. So I did. And that's what I put up there. And uh, It's just really weird. <laughs> <laughs> Google it, you guys. Yeah. Google it.
0: Now, who who are your musical influences?
2: Ah, very nice. So I love those ladies. I love those singer-songwriter ladies. I'm going to talk about Regina Spector for sure. Oh. Honestly, when I first started listening to her, she it was like she was giving me permission to be simple and weird and uh, personal. Yeah, I, when I heard her, uh, Soviet Kitch is one of my favorite albums. Uh, it's one of her earlier albums. And there's a song where she's like playing one chord on the piano and then the back of a kitchen chair with a drumstick. And I was like, oh, okay. I, if that woman is doing that, then I'm going to do some weird stuff too. Yeah. But it's still like cute and accessible and quirky and all yeah, yeah yeah. Nellie Mackay I love Nellie Mackay she's terrific she's just super kooky she's a great musician and she's so fun on stage and just a charming personality um, and I love that she's so political too I mean that's not a oh, thing yeah. that I I wouldn't I don't know if I would know where to, where to begin I'd be scared of that but she is she's just fearless yeah. she does whatever she wants I love that um, and also are you familiar with the tune Yards I am not. They are super cool, man. I really dig this band. This is this woman, Meryl Garbus, and she uses a looping station as well, and it's her and um, she's a drummer as well, so she she's, has studied like Haitian drumming, so it's all these crazy rhythms. Whoa. And she, all, she has a drummer over here, she's got a bassist, I think on one of her first albums there are a bunch of horns too, she has a bunch of saxophones, but they're not t- touring with the horns right now, and then she'll have singers. And, um, She just does really interesting stuff with um, rhythm and harmony. Um, And she just is not afraid to, like, make weird, big, ugly sounds. I love it.
0: One thing that I was reminded of when I was watching your your loop videos was, and I hope this is a compliment, Mm -hmm. um, Bobby McFerrin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, I heard... I don't know if that was an intentional influence or I just, No, it's because I mean, he's singing with himself and doing absolutely. the acapella and yeah. doing some really cool grooves and yeah. like, you're a very cool groove lady. You're a groovy lady. Thank you. Yeah. You know,
2: I wanted to be, when, when the guy, when I was in elementary school, the band leader came around and was like, oh, let's do this after school music program. And my parents were musicians at the time. I said, I want to learn how to play the drums. And they said, well, we have a saxophone, so you're going to learn how to play that. <laughs> so that's what I learned. But I, uh, yeah, I, um, I like rhythm.
0: All right, here's a good question. How mm. How does your career as a musical theater performer influence or help your singer-songwriter stuff?
2: Oh, that's interesting. I really think it's the other way around. I think that I have learned to be a better musical theater performer because of... um. work that I do with my band in front of an audience. I mean, it's, it's me, but it is like a Grace character, um, who I have discovered just by being in front of people and by having to perform my own work and interact with the crowd and try to get them engaged. Like there is a dialogue that's that's very present in, you know, being a performer of Just song, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then in theater, there's that, there's that, right? Yeah, there's that, um, fourth wall, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm just so much more aware of the audience now that I, I have all of this sort of experience of just being in front of people and interacting, um, uh, with an exclamation point, uh. With that audience, uh-huh. that that's still happening in the theater. There's still an interaction happening. It's not necessarily so direct, but it's absolutely there. Hmm. And it's uh, you know, you can't be afraid of it. Nope. And I, I think that there's there's something to that. There's like a little a little love affair that's going on. We're on a we're on a weird mob date together. <laughs> and we got to figure out our our ins and outs.
0: So, speaking of your band, and I withheld the name of your band in your bio, because I try to um, withhold the name until the very end.
1: Oh, so so,
0: so, can we talk about Grace McLean and Them Apples? Sure. Um, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the
2: title or the project? or?
0: Yeah, so, uh, well, I guess, so this is your band. This is your band yeah, project. Right. So, who's all in that?
2: So, it's me, mm-hmm. uh, Justin Goldner on the bass, and Hiroyuki Hiroyuki Matsura. Matsu on uh, percussion.
0: Great.
2: Uh, sometimes I'll have some backup singers, but at this next concert I'm doing, I, I, don't, I am not going to have any. Okay. Um, yeah. and But the, the, the core is us three. Okay. And, um, yeah, I love working with guy, these guys because they're better musicians than I am. I think I have to stop saying that. Yeah, um, <laughs> I agree. But what's great is that I can go in there and I can say things like, this moment has to be like a wave crashing against a cliff. And then right after that, we have to like have the whole receding, uh, you know, that the ebb of the ocean. And then we got to reveal some the tide pools under there. And then Justin will be like, backbeat make this sound I'm going to pay a counter melody you know like they'll it, turn they'll, that into they'll something they'll interpret it yes. yes and I love that I, so we really are creative together yeah um, and I can talk in weird half poetry and they can make it into something
0: useful. I love that <laughs> I work um, mostly my, when I work with a drummer it's usually my friend Jessica winder and I have um, and I just make sound effects to her I'm like mm. you know and she she completely understands but we've been working Amazing. together for like five years yeah, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get yeah, that. That's nice when you can have that weird It's really shortcut. nice. So so Them Apples, where did that come from?
2: Um, I think it actually came from when I, <laughs> I was How about dating, Them Apples? Well, yeah, I was dating someone at the time, and he was starting a band, or he was, he was, yeah, he was in a band, and they were looking for a good name, and me and my roommate were just throwing around things that we thought were funny, and that, <laughs> and then when we said Them Apples, and my boyfriend was like, well, I'm not going to use that, I was like, I think that's hilarious. I think I have to keep that. So it started out as like,
1: uh,
2: like a jab and a joke. <laughs> <laughs> but then it became apparent that that is what I, I yeah I wanted to embrace with you in that. some way. Yeah, jab and joke. Yeah, because yeah, I'm afraid I'm afraid of too much seriousness. Um, ooh, don't I don't want to put an audience to sleep ever. But well, sometimes sure. sometimes you gotta go there. But I mm-hmm. yeah I, I, I keep it few and far between. And generally, you know, this all like personal stuff that I write about, but I try not to be like,
1: girl with the guitar like singing about a sad thing.
2: I'll be like, girl with a not a guitar singing about a sad thing, aren't I an idiot? Like, it's a lot of... Yeah. I'm gonna poke fun at myself and my weird... Self-deprecating feelings. a little bit. Yeah, that's a word. I told you my brain is not really working <laughs> today. I'm using 50,000 words it is when wor- there's one. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's working just fine for oh, me. Okay.
0: <laughs> so, so what kind of... Music are, um, it is Grace McLean and, and Them Apples, and how does it oh. differ from mm. Grace McLean in just sentence. I mean, oh, it doesn't. it doesn't.
2: Yeah, it's just, do I have the band just or do I have the band? Awesome, hey. <laughs> yeah. Do I have Them Tell Apples like or do I just have Grace? Just, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the music is, um, it's... It fits in the genre of singer songwriter, I guess, because I feel like singer songwriter just means like songs about loving about yourself and stuff. Um, <laughs> but but it's also and like and they're happy and yeah, they're happy, they're fun, they can be yeah. kind of funky. Yeah, um, definitely poppy. Not, I'm not writing like dance music or anything. Um, but yeah, kind of kind of groovy tunes
0: and your first EP make me breakfast yes. was back in
2: 2012 right
0: on iTunes mm-hmm. and you've got your set to release a new EP next yes, year yes i am
2: going to re- uh, well if all works out i'm going to release it on the day of my lincoln center concert I have a concert at Lincoln Center. What? I don't know. That is
0: crazy. I was, as I yeah. was like obsessively researching you and I saw that on your page, like you had posted this thing. I was like, oh my God, this is brand new information. Yeah. And this is going to come out before that. So that's great. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. So so
2: I have this concert. I, my band was competing to open the Lincoln Center American Songbook season for 2015. That's huge.
0: What? That's huge. I know. <laughs> I don't mean to say that to stress you out.
2: It's just so soon. <laughs> 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 um, <coughs> and we, um, we won, so we are opening the LinkedIn yeah. American Songbook Season with a concert on January twenty first at seven thirty PM. Uh, and it's free, which it's is free. really awesome. Ugh, yeah.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, that's very cool. How long is the set?
2: Um, I think I have like between seventy five and like ninety minutes. No so kidding. It is wow. It's a lot. Yeah. It's so not, I'm just like going a teaser. to do a... I'm gonna do a lot. I'm gonna I had this show that I did at I did an Ars Nova called Grace McLean lives in concert, which is basically a concert of my songs but I I've made it sort of interactive I make little goodie bags for the audience they're sort of um, activities that we do together I tell stories and I read things from my old journals that are really embarrassing I love it um, so I'm going to be doing that for for Lincoln Center wow do I have to make 300 goodie bags I have to start right now that, yeah <laughs> we should be making them while we do this interview that's what we should like, do I, man, my, well, I, have, I have what a waste of time to yet. spend. been oh, okay. just need to <laughs> um Yeah. Oh, so I'm hoping actually to make that also my EP release concert.
0: That's really smart. Yeah. Now we're going to set up the song. Uh, Grace McLean was generous enough to learn uh, and perform uh, a brand new song from my musical, McKinsey and the Missing Boy, Mm. which is called My Breadline Christmas Song. Mm. My listeners know. Um, I've been working on this piece for a couple of years. It's like set in the 30s, mm-hmm. New York, Great Depression, uh, super fun. And, um, you know, and I'm starting, to, I'm kind of like, it's getting this huge retooling right now. And um, and I needed an excuse and a deadline to write these new songs. Ah, sure. So we're doing that right now. That's great. Yeah, and I needed a song for my protagonist, Mackenzie, um, that talked about her character and her current state of affairs, which at this point in the show, very early on, is that she's broke alone but ready to bounce back and never feeling sorry for herself so that's kind of what this song touches mm. upon thematically yeah. so i wrote the song um so i wrote the song <laughs> uh, in preference for this song i definitely was inspired by environment i mean not only am I, did i write it when it's actually christmas time here mm. in the city um i remembered that um i remember that this show is actually set in the dead of winter so it makes sense that christmas is on her mind and in the world um, I had a teacher in grad school who was always asking us what the weather was like in each of our songs, mm. in each of our scenes. He was just, like, he asked these really abstract, visceral questions. He's, he's like, Is it cold? What's it like? Are the leaves falling? Like, he was very visceral. And, you know, and I just remembered that. And um, so, so, thanks, Martin. Mm. Um, and throw in some Googling about 1930s Christmas traditions. And I saw the phrase breadline Christmas um, in this old uh, radio ad. Mm. And, um, and i had my hook. Uh, remember, if you like the song, Grace's live recording will be available on SoundCloud. And the digital sheet music is on Noise Trade, both free downloads, until the next episode. Be sure to follow me on all things social media. You may find all those links and so much more on Um Be sure you visit uh, gracemclean.com. Um, And you're on the Twitter and the Instagram and the uh, the Facebook and uh, where else are you? YouTube, obviously.
2: Yes. Um. Generally, the handle is that Grace McLean. That girl over there.
0: That girl over there and them apples. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Subscribe to, rate and review this podcast. Tell your friends all about it. Um, And if you believe that you or someone you love would make an amazing guest on something new, I want to hear from you. Special thanks today to Peyton Royal at Website Lines. Stephanie Layton at Red Scandal Graphics. Uh, Daniel Kim, today's accompanist. Uh, Michigo Studios, who um, filled in very quickly at last minute for True Voice Studios, and will be back over there shortly, Uh, but very thankful to Michigo. I've recorded here several times as well. Um, Please, if you need a rehearsal space, um, honor both places. What's the word not honor? Um it sounds patronize. like patronize I was like it's, like it's like it's like, yeah condescend Like, make sure <laughs> <laughs> make sure you condescend to both of these places <laughs> and patronize them um, last but not least Grace McLean thank you for being on my little show thank you Joel I had a really I'm fun time that. getting to know you Absolutely. and getting to know your process and I can't wait to see your shows um, everywhere oh boy um, from Michigo Studios mm-hmm. in New York City this is Joel B. New
2: I'm Grace McLean
0: saying thank you for dropping by for something new
1: There's no stockings to hang and no presents to wrap When someone's always asking for the rent There's no honey glazed ham and no Santa Claus lap When all outstanding favors have been spent I would learn to feel warm in this wintry chill I would learn to eat crow till I... ginger to snap when slip of sand before me in the throne singing my breadline Christmas song.